In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's good to see you tonight. Uh, my name is Mark Foster. I'm founding senior pastor here, and uh, this is one of my most favorite nights of the year. I sleep well afterwards. I'm surely going to hope you do too. Hope you do too. We have been longing for Christmas. In our tradition, we have uh, these weeks that lead up to Christmas. We call them Advent, a way to prepare our hearts and our minds. We do the same thing before Easter. We call that Lent. For six weeks, we prepare our hearts and minds for the resurrection of Jesus. Over these last four weeks, we've been preparing our hearts and minds for the coming of Jesus. And I don't know if you could sense it earlier in the service, but if you will just crack your heart just a little bit, just... Be the tiniest bit open to what the Lord might have for you tonight. He is here. Jesus is here. I know him. Perhaps you know him too. And he's come for your good. And as we light these candles behind me and we light the Christ candle tonight, we remember that we long for hope. Our world is so desperate for hope. More and more we look at what goes on, particularly in America, and our young people, that are losing their hope. And it's so important that we reclaim that. That we give ourselves space to hear the Lord in silence. We give space to be in the fellowship of the community. We've learned together that real hope asks for our heart's desire. We, we can go to God and we can really ask God for what we need. If you need healing, ask God for healing. If you need a relationship to be made whole, ask God to help you in that struggle. Ask for what you really need. God knows your need even before you're ready to pray. He is more ready to hear us than we are even to pray. And then being honest with God with the hope that we really need, hope rolls up its sleeves to serve those in need. It's not an empty hope. It's not a static hope. It's not some sort of wishful thinking. It's Hope that rolls up its sleeves and gets after it to bring heaven to earth. That's what the people of God do, empowered by God. So that's the first thing that we come to as we prepare our hearts and minds to receive Christ tonight. The second is that we look for God's peace. And we know around here that peace is not the absence of conflict. That day is not going to come until Jesus comes in fullness. There will be conflict in your home. There will be conflict in your own mind. There will be conflict in your body as we age. There will be conflict between nations. There will be conflicts in your work. So we don't have this Pollyanna idea that somehow peace is just going to be everything's perfect. No. P 
peace is the presence of Christ with us, Emmanuel, in the struggle, right where we are. And it's amazing how that changes everything. It changes everything. It changes the world. I love the story about Mother Teresa. She was serving in Calcutta, and she was working with lepers. And there was a news crew working with her. And, and one of the men on the crew, he said, oh, I wouldn't do this for a million dollars. And she said, well, my son, neither would I. See, this peace that comes from God is much more powerful than what our world has to offer. And even those places of struggle, there can be peace. And in those places of struggle, we can even have joy. Real joy. Wherever you find yourself, wherever in the world you find yourself, wherever stage of life you find yourself, joy is a byproduct of abiding in Christ. My friend Paul Dyer uh, wrote a book about the joyful journey, and he said that if you aim at joy, you'll miss it. And he's right. Now, this will not be news to you if you've been around the Christmas tree long enough, but you know that depression that comes after everything's unwrapped? And you've got nothing to do but take it to the trash can. Somebody's got to put their socks on and get out there. Right? See, joy, it can't be in those fleeting moments. It has to be deeper than that. Joy is a byproduct of abiding in Christ. Uh, this summer, Chantel and I had our uh, amazing opportunity to go to a vineyard uh, or two out in uh, Southern California. Uh, and we saw some grapes that would be turned into wine that we could never afford. But we like to look at them anyway. And you'll see there, you see sort of the gray part there? That's the vine. And you see those brown things? Those are the branches. And Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. And if you abide in me and I abide in you, then you will bear much fruit. So this idea of a, of a Christmas miracle where God does it all and you don't have a part to play, well, that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, I am the vine and you, and, and you are the branches. And he says, by the way, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. You snap off one of those little twigs. How many, how many grapes are you going to get? Nothing. He says, but if you abide in me and I abide in you, watch out, world. Together we can do anything. Because God has arrived in Jesus. That's what we celebrate tonight. We celebrate the love of God come down from heaven. And, and we, don't, we don't celebrate some immature love, some weak little fantasy or romanticism. We know that real love is not, look at me, look at me. And, and it is true that there are some folks that remain stuck at, look at me, look at me, regardless of their age. And look at me, look at me is fine if you're four. I mean, it is. It's cute. It's not as cute at 40. It's not cute. Real love is mature. It is a grandmother, a grandfather that looks at you and says, there you are. There you are. I see you. I see you. And you are beautifully, wonderfully made. You are loved. There you are. There you are. A friend of mine uh, wrote today that he was at the grocery um, of all things today. Ugh. And... Um, he was going around the corner and he heard this terrible crash 
And so he looked to see what had happened. And an elderly woman had bumped into the shelf and knocked off all sorts of items and they had all crashed on the floor. And she didn't know what to do. She was on her hands and knees trying to clean it up. And she was so embarrassed and so ashamed. And people just stood and stared at her. And he got down on his knees and he tried to assure her, you, you can get up, this is going to be fine. And uh, the manager of the store came over and she said, I'll pay for it all. You don't have to, I'll pay for it, I'll pay for it. And the manager says, no, no, miss, you're fine. We have insurance that covers that. We'll clean this up. Please get up, have a Merry Christmas. Go, go on your way. You don't have to worry about this mess at all. We've got that covered. We've already planned for this mistake. I just wonder how many of us here tonight have made some messes and we forget that we have a God right beside us that says, what are you doing? You can't pay for that. You don't need to pay for that. I've already figured that out. We have insurance for that. His name is Jesus. He's already taken care of every mess you have ever made or will ever make. Get up. Rejoice, your Lord has come. The price has been paid. You never know where you're going to find Jesus. Maybe in aisle two at Walmart. He's tricky like that. So tonight, we long for light. That light pierces the darkness. And there's no amount of darkness that can ever overcome it. You ever notice that about a little match? the tiniest little light and by the way lights are made for the darkness flashlights do you no good at noon in the summertime can't even tell if they're on and if you're a member here you know that you are the light of the world by the way you know that i love the quote from jan richardson there, there are people that argue around whether this is really jesus birthday or not and if the dating's right and blah 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 it, it doesn't matter he's here do you know that he's here do you sense that? Do you know that? He's with us tonight. And the thing is, the church in its wisdom, um, you can look at this a couple of ways. Some people date the Annunciation, and they say, okay, because of the Annunciation, we think Jesus' birth's about now. And others say, no, no, it's simply because the world needed some light in the darkness because it is stinking dark outside right now. It is, right? We just had winter solstice. Every day from here is going to get longer and longer until June 21st. June 2021, right? To the summer solstice. That's cool. I love that once we get past the winter solstice, right? Because hope is coming, light is coming. And so Jan Richardson says it like this. She says, this is the night, this is the time, friends, that you can trust that any direction you go, you'll be walking towards the dawn. So go ahead and step. Take a step, friends. You'll be walking towards the light. Maybe even if you don't know it. Just take a step. Christ has come. Because when we long for light, friends, we wait in the darkness and we remember that God does his best work in the dark. In the darkness of a womb, in Mary, in the darkness of the tomb of resurrection. Because we are Easter people. Even when it's dark, God is working for your good. Amen? Amen. So, with that said... I'm going to leave you with this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer 
who had to walk some mighty long days in the dark, said this, Who will celebrate Christmas correctly? Whoever finally lays down all power, all honor, all reputation, all vanity, all arrogance, all individualism beside the manger. Lay it down. Go out and walk in the light. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are enough, that even in the manger, you have it all covered. Every mess, every spill, every accident, the things we feel ashamed of, the things that we don't even know what to do about, you have come and you have called us to abide in you and you and us to bear much fruit in this dark and broken world. Help us to say yes. We do say yes to you tonight. And we thank you that you've taught us even how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.